0: Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 3 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all and lived to tell the tale, sharing expert tips from the best of the best in the burnout and stress management fields, and sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes full of my own expertise plus actionable steps to help you end your own burnout cycle starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and need more personalized guidance, I'm here for you. In every episode, you'll find a link to book a free Breakthrough Burnout Call. You can find it easily by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Kate or finding the link in the show notes. This free call helps us decide if one-on-one coaching is perfect for you. If it is, we'll get started. If it isn't, I might suggest one of my immediately available online courses, my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, or some sessions with a colleague who's better suited to exactly what you need right now. Also, if you happen to be in New York City, I'd love to see you as a patient. I'm a licensed acupuncturist with over 13 years of international experience, and right now my office is located in midtown Manhattan. I focus on, you guessed it, burnout. I help your body build up a natural stress resilience to fight off all those pesky symptoms that come alongside burnout. You can find all the deets on that at katedonovanacupuncture.com. Welcome to another episode of Fried the Burnout podcast. Today, I have a very interesting guest with an incredible story to share that I am thrilled to be talking to. It was recommended to me by a mutual friend, and I feel really lucky that people are coming to me this way because it means that the conversations that I'm having and the people that I'm meeting are extra special and extra cool. And today we are chatting with Raj Supermayer, who is an international keynote speaker, author, and tech career coach who helps people to land their dream job and become successful leaders. He has helped countless individuals discover their zone of genius and leverage it to live a life that they love. He is a sought-after speaker at various conferences and has been featured in numerous podcasts and publications, including Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, Addicted to Success, and The Good Men Project. He is also the author of the new book, Skyrocket Your Career. Write that down, Skyrocket Your Career. New book, new book, new book. In his spare time, he loves traveling with his family and discovering new experiences, which includes craft beer. You can connect with him on Twitter at Epsilon11 or his website, www.rojsubra.com. Raj, thanks for thanks being for here.
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Uh, literally, you gave me a whole story. I think people don't need to hear anything else right now. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> so just bye, kidding.
0: everybody. <laughs> nice having you. Good introduction. See you later. <laughs> so we always start fried the Burnout podcast with your particular burnout story, and I really ask that if you feel um, strong enough um, and, and open enough to share the dirty details, that's a really important part of uh, part of Fried Because I want people to understand that the deep, dark things that they're going through, they're not alone in those things. So, if you'd like to take the stage and share your story, I'll mute myself for a while so that you can just paint us the full picture. Um, and then we'll use that as our guidance for the rest.
1: Yeah, that works for me. So just for the listeners uh, lis- uh, what, listening right now, I wanna set some context first, where I grew up uh, and what led to the burnout. And then we'll talk about how I made the transformation. So of course, uh, from my accent, from a thick Texas accent, you know that I was not probably born in the US. So I grew up in southern part of India from a place called Chennai. And uh, it's one of the big cities in India, like the five big, one of the five big cities, which pretty much fuels the economy. And I'm the younger of the two kids. And since a young age, I developed this inferiority complex that I wasn't good enough. That was partly because uh, of my childhood upbringing where my dad was super smart. And then my brother was a genius. He has three masters and a PhD. And then there I was, (laughs) the average Joe who didn't do well in academics. And for uh, the Asian folks listening to this podcast, you are gonna get what I'm saying right now. When you grow up in an Asian community, you pretty much have three options. becoming a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. So I was the same kind of, I had the same kind of scenario. So I chose the engineer part and path, and that's what I did. And throughout my childhood, I was trying to emulate other overachievers around me because uh, people never cared about me. They never thought I was good enough. They thought I never mattered. So I constantly wanted to live up to their expectations. But every time I tried, I ended up getting disappointed because I could never reach people's expectations. So all these things developed anxiety, stress. Then I was depressed. I also had a fear of rejection because whenever I used to ask questions about things I don't understand, I used to get reprimanded for it because where I come from, you don't challenge the status quo. You follow things as it is and that's how it is. And all these things combined made me develop fear of being ignored. And that's what kind of defined my entire childhood the fear of being ignored. And to add to this, I was also going through severe body image issues. I grew up as a fat kid and I was ridiculed for my weight throughout my life uh, by my own family members. Then, During my second year of my undergrad, I had a trigger event where I started realizing that throughout my life, I've always been stressed, depressed, anxious, and I was trying to please other people, but in that process, I was disappointing myself, and I was letting other people's opinion be my reality. So... That's when I decided, you know what, I matter, I'm good enough, I'm going to strive for greatness, I'm going to carve my own identity. And that's when I declared power over my life. The reason I'm sharing the story is this is going to be really helpful to understand how I actually burned out, right? So, the trigger event in my second year of my undergrad, which I just described, started the whole transformation process. And I slowly started going out of my comfort zone. And in 2006, when I started off uh, my career in IT, I made a promise to myself that I'll do whatever it takes to establish credibility, to get the fame and the money and make people notice me for who I am. So I had that mindset before starting my career in IT. And since 2006, all the way till 2018. I said yes to every opportunity that came my way. I worked my ass off to prove to people that I'm super credible, I can do whatever it takes. In fact, I was voted as a star performer in six out of my last seven companies. I've increased my salary exponentially by over 150%. And, and then from 2006 to 2018, I did so much stuff in my field of software that everyone knew me by name. When you say Raj, they'll say, wow, that that person is a great speaker. He's humorous. He's funny. He's awesome, right? So everything was going well for me. I had all the fame and money. I didn't, people started noticing me and that's what I wanted. But then it happened. Mid-2018 in June, I still remember this vividly. It was past midnight and I want to go to the bathroom. So I get out of my bed and go inside the bathroom. And within two minutes of me in- entering the bathroom, suddenly things started to darken around me. And then I blacked out and I fell down my head, hit the side of the bathtub. I was bruised a little bit and I was, unconscious, Unconscious for some time. Then my wife noticed that for about 20 minutes, I hadn't come back to bed. So she was just wondering what the hell was happening. So she comes to the bathroom and she sees me lying there, butt naked on the ground. And I was unconscious. Then she started screaming and then putting water on my face so that I can wake up. And luckily, I started regaining consciousness, and I told her, "Honey, I'm not able to move." And then, what she did was she dragged my butt naked body out of the bathroom, and uh, she laid me uh, on my back against a wall. And to cut a long story short, we ended up calling the ambulance. I was I had to go to the ER. They did a series of tests because they didn't know what the hell was wrong with me because I wasn't able to move. And then they gave me fluids, et cetera, et cetera. And and the final diagnosis was I had suffered severe dehydration, uh, then I had severe stress and I'd suffered severe burnout. Apparently, I was pushing my body so hard, my mind was saying, stop. But my body, I was continuing, I was continually pushing it, so there was no balance. And apparently, I've been doing this since two thousand and ten, and my body couldn't take anymore and just shut down. Right. So that was the moment of realization when I was uh, when I was in the hospital bed when people are doing tests. I already started realizing, holy crap, where am I right now? Will I be even alive if I continue like this, right? And that's what started the whole transformational journey. And we can talk about different things I did, but this is how I suffered burnout. And for two weeks, I couldn't do anything after I came back home. And then I had to rethink my entire life. And then I started prioritizing my life over work. And apparently that has actually brought me more success (laughs) <laughs> which I didn't realize. So we'll talk more about it, but that's kind of my burnout story and why it happened.
0: You said that you you know, you had you passed out, you were on the floor, you said you couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Were you at that point feeling like you were covered in cement, or were you like paralyzed, like you couldn't get the nerve impulses? Like was your body heavy, or did you did you not have the, the nerve impulses to be able to move?
1: I was trying to move, but my hand kept dropping because I didn't have the energy to okay. move, right? That's I was so weak. Yeah. Uh, think of it like you get hit by severe flu and yeah. you haven't uh, drank water for a week or had food, right? Your body stops responding and you cannot do anything. So that was kind of the situation I was in. But where you, weren't I, in a,
0: you weren't in a fear that you were paralyzed. You just didn't have any energy.
1: Yeah, I just didn't have any energy. I knew I wasn't paralyzed because right. uh, I could move my fingers, yeah. and uh, but the problem was I couldn't move my body, right. so right. I needed someone to actually help me and drag my body because my body completely shut down. Like yeah. I couldn't move at all.
0: So. Yeah, and then you said while you were going through it that over the past however many years, you said that your mind was telling you to stop? Was it your mind that was telling you to stop that you ignored or was it your body that it was telling you to stop that you ignored? <laughs> or both?
1: I would say uh, both. This is the thing, funny thing about our minds because it keeps giving you the signals, it keeps telling you things, but you can choose to ignore it. But with your physical body, you can still push it because you kind of have more control over your physical body. So that's why, Throughout, like I think since 2013 onwards, uh, this also part of the story where I had to go through a lot of uh, personal experiences. So I was under severe anxiety, medication. I used to get a lot of panic attacks. I always attributed that to my personal problem. But then I started realizing it was because of my actual work. Because every time I used to do something, my chest used to feel heavy. And I used to start started panicking even if it it was so as simple as sharpening a pencil i used to get stressed and um, so my mind would be saying that hey dude you have a real serious problem for sharpening a pencil if you get so stressed what the hell is happening to you so the mind tells me that but my physical body uh, you know i'll keep pushing it saying you know what it's fine let's just keep doing it let's just keep doing it so that's where the whole mind and the body conundrum comes into picture where one fights over the other so overall it's probably both which were giving me signs but i was just pushing my body to its limits
0: yeah yeah using the power of your mind to push your body because you're saying you're feeling a physical sensation right that should be your signal to stop
1: that Mm -hmm. signal
0: to stop from a physical sensation is leading to a thought in your brain that's saying what the hell is wrong with me which is then leading to a ignore this, keep going. So you're like stuck in this cycle of like you're saying, mind, body, mind, body, mind, body, and just sort of ignoring them both.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, ignoring the signs from both and then see, push it as much as possible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, how, so you were having um, panic, anxiety and panic attacks for how long before you found yourself butt naked on the floor in the bathroom?
1: so since i would say 2014 so about I 4 was, years yeah for 4 years i i went through some dramatic experiences in my personal life which uh caused the panic attacks but it was also my work because i was trying to always be the star performer always be the best in whatever I do.
0: But that's an internal thing, right? That's not, your, that's not your job. That's your approach to your job. That's the way you're looking. That's the way you're doing the job, which is separate from it being the job itself.
1: Exactly, my approach, because as I was saying, when I, st- when I initially started the story, because of my childhood trauma, <laughs> I always wanted to prove to people that I was better than them. So it was me putting pressure on myself to emulate other people. And that kind of reflected in my personal life and work and my job as well.
0: Yeah. Fried fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote-unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? CyFox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to scifoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X Health.com forward slash fried. So I want everybody to just stop for a second and think about the fact that we're talking about four years of severe anxiety and panic attacks. Mm-hmm. So the, to me, the arc of this story isn't, Oh, I found myself in the bathroom and then I was home for two weeks cause I couldn't function. And I decided to change my life. There was four years of information before that happened Everybody, listen, four years of information before that happened. Four years. That's a lot of time to be ignoring yourself. Right. And it's interesting because what you were going for, what you said earlier, was that you were trying to displace this fear of being ignored. And what you did was ignore yourself.
1: Yep. This is what happens usually uh, based on reading millions of books till now and talking to a lot of people is only when you actually face adversities, you come to a realization. It's like uh, telling a baby, don't touch the fire, don't touch the fire. But once it touches the fire, it knows to never again do it. And I think for us entrepreneurs and people who want to make an impact in their life and others, It's so funny that majority of them have stories like this, where they hit the lowest possible extent till they realize that they have to make a change in life. And it was the exact same scenario for me, where, uh, as you said, the four years of severe body damage mentally, mentally and physically because of stress. And you choose to ignore it just because that Because you want to overcome some fears and trauma and also think that the world is watching me. I have to make sure I don't let them down. And you keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And this is what happens, right?
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, no one's hardly ever thinking about us.
1: Exactly. No one actually gives a damn about you. That's the the truth about life. Yeah, I know uh, it sounds very uh, 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 rough, but that is the truth. Mm. Because no one actually cares about you except for your trusted... Friends or trusted Very family members. Course.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. that's
1: the truth of life. Yeah, so yeah. you just have to do what you can do within a given time frame. Because one thing I've learned was um, I also had this comparison anxiety, along with this whole thing which I just described. Where when I see someone around me succeed, then I wanted to emulate the same kind of success. If someone had twenty thousand followers on LinkedIn, I would say. Why don't I have 20,000 followers? Okay, let me talk, let me see what I can do. Although that was never my goal or mission. So I have my mission, I have my goal, I know what I do to make an impact. But then I have this comparison anxiety. And again, it's an Asian thing. Uh, people would get it because constantly your parents and everyone will compare you with your brother, you with other That's cousins, right? So that was part of this whole thing as well.
0: That's a lot.
1: It was quite a bit, but I'm That's but I'm that because I've read a lot about burnout after that and uh mental health and physical health as well. Uh, I was lucky that it just ended up that way without causing uh, actual physical and mental damage, except that my body like didn't,
0: yeah, there was, was actually. So, so let's actually rephrase that because there was physical damage, it was physical damage that was repairable.
1: Exactly. Thanks for correct me, correcting me. So that's what I was meant to say. So it was repairable damage, but for a lot of people, it's wow. not like that. Because a recent study, which I was just reading about, uh, found that in the tech industry, about 60%, percent six zero percent of the workforce in tech have different levels of burnout, but they just don't realize it. Yeah. Some people realize it really late once they get a heart attack or they have to do bypass or something. Yeah. Some people realize it really early and take corrective actions. I, I think I kind of fall in the middle ground where I was able to repair the damages and also had the mindset to actually start the transformational process.
0: So you also said that your the doctor said that, you know, you were diagnosed with um, severe stress, dehydration and burnout. And doctors are not apt to diagnose burnout. So was this a typical GP? Was this someone that you already knew? What, what's, the, what's the story behind actually getting the word burnout on a diagnosis? Because, you know, that, that only... The World Health Organization decided that was a thing in 2019, and they don't even label it as a diagnosis. They label it as an occupational hazard, right? So what kind of doctor did you have that was able... To, to say that word because most doctors won't go there because there's not a clear enough set of signs and symptoms to be able to, they, they feel to be able to actually say it. Right.
1: Great question. So luckily the uh, ER doctor at that time, he has seen a lot of cases like this, apparently mm-hmm. where uh, people in finance and mm-hmm. lawyers, they they're super rich, but they don't take care of their body. They don't take care of their uh, mental health. And apparently through his, I think he was, has been a doctor for 20 years. He has seen a lot of cases like this. Mm-hmm. So he said, we ran all the tests and basically you're just, you're dehydrated, overly stressed. And then he said, you're just burned out because it seems like you've been, not sleeping properly for a while, because he was asking me, what did you do to get here? So I gave him a rundown of what I did. I used to travel quite a bit during 2018, because I used to speak at like four or five conferences a month. I used to travel all over the world, eating bad food, not exercising, and then not meditating, uh, and then doing all sorts of things which you should not supposed to do. So once he once I told him the story, he said, huh, okay. So you're one of those people who does not take care of their mental and physical health. And you basically have been burned out pretty much. And that's what has happened to you. He was saying, if you're going to continue like this, your physical and mental health is going to get even worse and it's going to be really severe. So as part of the diagnosis, it was uh, dehydration, stress. And then he told me that uh, you're, you're you're pretty much burned out because you've been overexerting yourself, right. and then I came back and started reading about it. That's when I knew, okay, there's something called burnout, right? Because we loosely use the word burnout. If people think that it's, oh my god, right, 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 mm. and if people think oh man, my car is not starting, man, now I'm burned out. No, that is stressed or angry. Burnout is a series of uh, episodes, series of experiences over a long period of time, which is is causing degradation in your mental and physical health, right? And then eventually it happened. So it was the burn, he mentioned in passing that it was, uh, you're just burned out. But then once I started doing research, I knew uh, it it was burnout because I had all the symptoms uh, which listed on the website, for a long period of time, but I just didn't know there was a word for it.
0: <laughs> right, which is a similar experience to me. I mean, I read an article about burnout, and my whole body just sort of went, "Oh, that's it. That's right. what's happening." Shit, you know, like that was that was kind of my like, "Oh, okay," you know. Because so, this is the
1: thing um, which happens people try to do multiple things all at once. And they think that they had to be good at everything and everything has to be perfect. And everyone is looking at their work. But once you've reframed that mindset where you come to an understanding that only, I think I may not be getting the stats right, but based on what I read, only about 4% of the entire world can actually do multitasking. the rest of them who multitask do not do anything properly. Right. But they think that they're productive, but yeah. they don't do it. Yeah. So I read this book called Deep Work yeah. by Cal Newport. Mm-hmm. I highly, highly recommend that book for people listening. Yeah. That changed my life because um, he talks about doing cognitively demanding tasks in timed blocked sessions yeah. where, for example, uh, you'll have one hour time block for writing an article and you just do that. You don't do anything else. Your phone is on do not disturb, no Facebooking, no interruption. You focus on one particular thing and you'll have three to four time blocks every day where you focus on one particular task. That did wonders for my life because I thought multitasking was the way to go because I was working in that kind of environment. But since uh, end of 2018, I've been really, anal about... Uh, valuing my time. Mm -hmm. My time is my baby. And if I don't take care of it, and then it's going to seep into my mental and physical well-being as well, which is not good for me, which is not good for my family who are around me, good for the people I communicate at work as well. So I think those are the main reasons, based on my experience, why people start getting into this pattern of burning out eventually. That is because they think multitasking is a great thing. They think everyone is looking at them and we already uh, came to a conclusion that no one gives a shit about you Mm -hmm. except for your family members. And that's the truth. So if you change your mindset that way, then things start to happen and then you get more focused. And in fact, you start getting more fame and money by doing that. Although that's just a byproduct, that is not the goal, but you'll see how it transforms. Because for me personally, that's what helped. And of course, meditation was a huge thing in this whole equation, which we can talk about as well later, but that's what helped me transform my life from that point.
0: Yeah, I think talking about deep work, um, I've, I know it as deep practice. and they, I like the word practice instead of work because it feels like work means that you're supposed to finish something with a, with a, a product that is complete. And practice means you're practicing, you know? So I like this, I really but I like the theories of deep work and, and deep practice. I will put a link to that book um, in the show notes because I think that that's important. And this was something that really mattered for me as well. When I first started blogging and I blogged for almost three years every single week, and the first year and a half it would take i thought it took me about 3 hours to like get a blog post together until i started using this time blocking with timers shutting off notifications do not disturb i realized that it really only takes me 25 minutes to write a blog post if i actually sit down and do it right it really only takes me about that long and sometimes i go over that but when I go over that, I'm already in a flow, so it's okay. And I read a an article about a study that said every time you are distracted from whatever it is that you're doing, it takes you 23 minutes to bring your attention back to exactly. right?
1: Exactly. 23 minutes and 15 seconds yeah. to regain attention and focus. And every hour, we check our emails on an average 30 times per hour. Every hour. Yeah. So yeah, th- th- those are some crazy stats. Maybe we were reading the same article or something similar. Okay. But yeah, that's that <laughs> startling statistics right there. Why you want to do deep focus practice, and um, and it's really important.
0: Yeah, I I'm, I really love the idea, and I shut off the notifications on my phone a long time ago because I am, I I tend towards anxiety. I am hypersensitive. So when I hear a ding, my whole body is like, oh my God, must answer the ding, you know? Exactly. And so I did that to myself before realizing I was burnt out. I was like, I need to shut this shit down. Like my husband will call me three times in a row because if I'm not looking at my phone, I don't see it because I, right. I my, my ringer is off 95% of the time. Like don't try and call me. Please text me or send me an email because I – don't notice that the phone is ringing. But I look at my phone so frequently that if you text me, I'll get back to you within a reasonable amount of time. I just don't want the noises. Just the noises alone. Getting rid of that is one of, I think, the best burnout prevention tips on the planet. Get rid of your. No- get rid of the noises. Get rid of the notifications. <laughs> Hey, fried fans. Quick little interruption to remind you that if you have been feeling very stressed out this year and you've been thinking about CBD oil and you're not sure where to buy it from and you don't know who to trust, that was my issue for a long, long time. This is your reminder to go to incan.com, I-N-C-A-N-N.com, and use anything that you can find on their site. My favorite is the Bio Soothe Salve. I love using that for Sore muscles, and if you use the code "fried," you get twenty percent off your purchase. So you can go do that now. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you!
1: Oh yeah, definitely. You bring up two uh, really great points, which I wanted to quickly add to. Uh, in, in the, this current discussion. One was I do the exact same thing. My phone pretty much 99% of the time is on silent mode. And when I do deep work, uh, time block sessions, it's on do not disturb uh, mode. And uh, I do it without any interruption, right? And I block my calendar with those particular time blocks because I have this whole routine we we can talk about later, which is I, every day in the morning, when I wake up, I have this whole morning routine, which I've been doing for the past two and a half years. A part of that morning routine is, I, after my 10 minute meditation practice, I take a paper and pen and write down all the things happening in my mind. I call it the mind dump. Mm -hmm. Some people say brain dump, but the point is you write down all your thoughts and then you start identifying tasks from your thoughts. Then from the tasks, start assigning numbers between one to 10 in terms of priority on which one has to be done first, right? And then my motto in, in life is finish the top three things every day. And I put time blocks for task one, task two, task three. And when I say time blocks, just to give you some context, it's just like one hour blocks where I do focus work. And just doing that really, really helps. But the second part of this uh, discussion would be, people say, okay, so you're saying that you do no interruptions, do not disturb. What if you miss important emails? What if people call you? What if social media is like exploding with your name on it, what's gonna happen? So my uh, point, my answer to that is how many times Has that happened? So let's start (laughs) counting it, okay? Then they would say, no, I get all these Slack messages. Okay, let's take an example of the Slack messages. So first Slack message, hey, please send this email to Rick. Okay, how important is that email to Rick? (laughs) First, does Rick even care about the email? Second, does that email have to be sent now? You see where I'm going with this? So the point is, people do not realize that things are not as urgent as it looks, are sounds. Mm. You set the guardrails on what is important for you. And if there are people depending on you, if there are deadlines, then just plan accordingly. So that is the daily planning routine. And then end of the day, what I do is, I see what I've accomplished that day. Say the top three things, I accomplished only the two things. Then I take the thing which I didn't accomplish and it gets carried over to the to-do list for the next day, right? And then I do a weekly planning a weekly planning routine where on Sundays, I take half an hour and then look at the next two weeks of what has to be done, what are upcoming deadlines. And then I already put time blocks on my calendar. And the reason, again, you put time blocks on your calendar is no one else will schedule you for meetings and stuff when you have a time block. So you are proactively setting boundaries because boundaries are the most important thing here. Because if you start sending emails at 1 a.m., then people think that you are awake at 1 a.m., and then people are going to call you at 1 a.m. If you don't respond, then people know you don't call at 1 a.m.
0: Ding, 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 ding. ding. Did everybody listen to that? You know how much I love boundaries on this show. We talk about boundaries every single day. I have a course on boundaries. I teach boundaries constantly. Are you listening to this? If you block off your time, then no one can schedule it. Very simple. Calendars work that way. Now you block off time, it's blocked. That's it. I had the past couple of weeks in my life. So we're recording this a a little bit before it's released, about a month or so. But the past few weeks of my life have been very up and down with my calendar, which is not typical for me. I know what I'm doing most days of the week. In some sort of, I don't have as much rigidity to my planning as you do because that gives me anxiety. So for everybody listening who loves to plan and that will make them feel good, then cool, like do what Raj is suggesting because that's important. But if that gives you anxiety, that's okay. There are other ways to do it. You have to figure out what works best for you. I can't plan like that because I start writing to-do lists that are 50 pages long and I start writing things that I need to do in like March 2023 just in case. So I don't forget, I start writing, Oh, your passport is expiring in 2027, which is like totally not important right now, you know, but anyway, the calendar, the past few weeks, we have been going back and forth about signing on a home and we walked, did a walkthrough and something was wrong. So we didn't sign. So we canceled it. So we moved it. I have been blocking off hours in my calendar in huge chunks because I wasn't sure if I was going to need to be available for a signing or a walkthrough or a meeting with the bank or a, or a, a, which meant that I did a lot less client hours in the past few weeks because I had my time blocked off. And Hey, everybody, do you know what happened to my business? Nothing, absolutely nothing. I actually got one. I got another client during that time that I wasn't planning on or looking for And we still found time to chat and make a contract and get invoices sent out and get our first call scheduled, right? But I did not get overloaded during that time because I simply took the time where I was going to be feeling anxious and I blocked it off. I said, I'm going to feel anxious if this time isn't blocked off. I'm going to be looking at it. And if somebody schedules it, I'm going to feel nervous about it. And I don't want to feel nervous about it. So I'm just going to block it. So guess what, you guys, you can block time too.
1: I know, it's magical. It's magic. <laughs> it's, it's like a magic wand. You wave and then all of a sudden, all your random unproductive meetings disappear, <laughs> they, they disappear right? Yeah. One important, uh, one interesting thing you brought up was uh, I'm like you where I'm already thinking about June of 2021, what I'm going to do. Yeah. And uh, you cannot stop your mind from thinking that way, because I think we both are built that way based on different reasons. What I do to help me stay sane, especially during the times we live in right now, I I use reminders. Again, coming back to the calendar, I use reminders. So if June 2021 say, I want to launch this new course, then I'll have a reminder in February 2021, a reminder saying, Raj, start thinking about uh career course right and then i'll set two three reminders because they procrastinate and then in march i'll have another reminder saying raj think about career course and then once two three times i get reminded then i automatically start focusing on it because it's like a mosquito effect yeah. Mosquito keeps fighting, then you hit it. Mosquito keeps fighting, hit it. Mosquito keeps fighting, hit it, and then you said, "What the hell?" You know what? I'm gonna take action, right? I'm gonna get away from this room. But I know this is a very random example. But so for those who are listening, one uh, idea which has helped me personally is it's great to have all these ideas, and that's what leads to great work. But you don't have to hold everything in your mind. You can maintain a separate notebook where you write down different ideas, which I also have. But apart from that, I put everything on the calendar to remind myself about different ideas I had so that I, I, I don't get panic because that I forgot a great idea, which I thought <laughs> was going to give me billions of dollars, which had never happened, by the way. But the point is... Yet. Raj, yet. <laughs> yet, yet, exactly. So, see, I, you could be a confidence coach as well, so... <laughs>
0: I think that's part of burnout. Like you said, in the very beginning, the the things that led you to the behaviors that drove you to burnout were feeling a lack of confidence, feeling like you were ignored, feeling not as good as other people. Right. So I think that I, I know that that was a little bit of a joke, but I think that working on people's confidence and giving people the. Power back to be able to draw boundaries where they need to and showing people that they matter simply because they exist, not because of what they produce. I think that's a huge part of my job as a burnout coach. Huge, 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 massive. Because without that confidence, you start getting into that people pleasing mode again. And when you're in people pleasing mode, you are not paying attention to your own wants, needs, desires, and preferences because you're paying attention to everybody else's wants, needs, desires, and preferences.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I think uh, that burn that burnout subject has multiple facets yeah. to it. From a mindset shift, which uh, in a, a lot of guests on your show talk about mindset, right? And then you you also have the confidence, and which is really really important. So I totally agree. Uh, it's part of the package of uh, how to prevent burnout before it happens or if you have already suffered burnout what you could do to make that transformation
0: yeah i don't believe in (laughs) this is this is going to sound bad from a burnout coach i don't believe in preventing burnout before it happens because people that are going to burn out are not aware enough that they're going to burn out in order to implement preventive practices before when they're needed and preventive practices are not the same as recovery practices and burnout. They're very different things mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of different physiological, neurological reasons. So I think that the people that would work on preventing burnout are people that are not likely to burn out anyway because they're being proactive about <laughs> preventing it. So I think that a lot of times we f- we focus on recovery in this show. And one of my most listened to episodes is a Straight From Kate episode about the difference between burnout prevention and burnout recovery physiologically, Mm -hmm. neurologically, because I think it's really a misunderstood topic. So bouncing off of that, I want to talk about meditation. Mm -hmm. I couldn't survive in my life without meditation. However, when you are actually burnt out there, you're missing part of your neurons in your prefrontal cortex, right? And meditation is a way to grow the neurons in your prefrontal cortex, but missing those neurons gives you, it makes it more difficult for you to focus. It gives you a foggy brain. It makes you more emotionally reactive. It basically like messes up your ability to adult, right? This is, I always say that this is the adult adulting portion of your brain and it kind of messes up your ability to adult. So how did you introduce a meditative practice after your burnout that you were able to actually implement?
1: Great question. So just even before I suffered burnout mid-2018, uh, I'm known for doing radical experiments on myself, one of which was in 2016, for four months, I uh underwent a journey of exploration, self-exploration, where I listened to 150 podcasts and I read 30 books in four months. And when I did that journey, I started reading about how great leaders have used meditation as a tool to make them even more productive, to make them even more impactful to the community. So the plan, the seed for meditation and mindfulness was already planted in 2016. And then I thought, you know what? I should try to give get give meditation a go because uh, I was under heavy medication, like panic for panic attacks, depression. And uh, I was gaining weight. I was not uh, in my the mental health I wanted to be. So mid around mid 2017, I would say, after consulting with my doctors, I said I don't want medication anymore. I'm just tired of living a life under medication for four years or four and a half years by that time. So I said I'm going to try meditation. And uh, so after. I got the go ahead from my doctors. Then I started experimenting with mindfulness, and meditation was part of it. So I started researching what meditation apps are I'm one of the most skeptical guys you would probably see because unless I see and hear and feel, I don't believe that's the type of person I am. So meditation I thought was woo woo stuff. And I tried an app called Headspace. And that has done wonders for me. And similarly, you have other apps like Calm and other apps as well. But for me, Headspace was a game changer. So fast forwarding to past the burnout stage, I started doing meditation beginning of 2018, but I was not doing that frequently, but I was, and I was still not mindful. But after my episode, burnout episode, that's when I started taking life seriously and meditation seriously. And what that helped me do was meditation, was it helped me get better mental and foc- mental stability and focus, because I was uh, thinking about so many things, but it started uh, helping me retrospect my life in, inside me from my inner self in terms of what am I doing? What is my purpose? I started asking these deeper questions, which I haven't asked before. And also I started noticing, the little acts of kindness, generosity of people around me, which I didn't pay attention to before, and also came to a realization that I have everything it takes to lead lead a meaningful and purposeful life. In fact, I've started viewing the world with a different lens, the lens of forgiveness and gratitude. And my whole demeanor, the way I act, everything changed because of meditation. Of course it didn't happen magically. It's not like a pill you pop. It happened over a period of a year from mid 2018 till I think early 2019. That's when I d- delved deep into meditation. Then I started reading books from Eckhart I- Tolle and other folks. Uh, there's also this, uh, I highly recommend this book as well. There's, called, there's a book called 10% Happier. Mm-hmm. And that's an awesome book. It's about a person, a news anchor, who went into drugs and did a lot of crazy shit, and then <laughs> he now transformed his life. But it was a mixture of meditation, uh then books, and then prioritizing my life and realizing that we all have two lives, but the second one starts when you re- when you realize we have only one. So we all have two lives. The second one starts when we realize we have only one. And I read this quote by Confucius, the great philosopher, and that literally changed everything for me. Like it was like a, you know, a punch in my face, saying, "Dude, wake up! What the hell are you doing, dude?" Uh, a lot of people are not as fortunate as me to have a healthy life and a roof under my head, over my head, and all that stuff. So meditation in summary gave me all this realization about me and it really, really helped. So that's what meditation was for me.
0: Right. So, but the, the question was how you got started without it being too difficult because when your brain is not meditation helps your brain, but when your brain is not prepped for it, it's harder for you to focus, which means that meditation is harder to do. And for people that are accustomed to being harsh on themselves you start doing something. And if you don't do a good job of it right away, you quit because it doesn't feel good because you're not, la, la, la. So what you're saying is you started out using the Headspace app.
1: Right. So uh, great question. So even for me, I hate, like you cannot start off like a 20 minute, Meditation exercise, even without knowing what it is, and you don't have that much mental capacity. What I love about Headspace is they have a three minute pack, yes. literally, three minute meditation practice. They have five minute packs, 10 minute packs, 20 minute packs, one hour packs. So I started with a three minute breathing exercise, literally yes. breathing. It's so important, and people, including me from time to time, forget that breathing is a gift. And from time to time, you have to take a break. And of course, I don't know if this. People can watch this video, but I have a posted note right here, which I'm showing. Uh, it says "breathe." <laughs> so I, I have a reminder on a posted note, literally on my monitor, saying "breathe." So every time I finish a time block, or during a time block, I feel stress, then I try to take. Like a deep breath. Just doing one or two of those deep breaths will help to reset your body, right? So coming back to your question, it's since Headspace had like three minute uh, package, five minute package, that's where I started. Now I do twenty minute ones in the morning every day. Uh, I have a now thirteen month old kid, so it gets more challenging. But I wake up four thirty in the morning usually because. We are living in a pandemic and we have to take care of our kid as well. Mm -hmm. And I have to run my business and my wife works full time as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's how you want to, if anyone is thinking about starting meditation, my advice based on my experience would be, you can try out the Headspace app. And again, Headspace is not paying me to do this. So just for the record, but thing I love about that app is they you can start with a simple three minute exercise, Mm -hmm. breathing exercise, and then you can judge whether you're getting the value out of it. And if that doesn't work for you, you have other apps as well, which may work for you.
0: All right. So I want everybody to just take that in for a second, because I want you to think about over the past, you know, 80 episodes or so, how many times I've told you to start meditating with three minutes of breathing, listening to your favorite song. Probably every other episode since middle of July, 2019. So this is not just a thing I'm making up. The reason that Headspace starts at three minutes, Headspace is is a huge corporation at this point, right? And and it's an amazing company. I have a huge respect for what they've done. And so Headspace and I did not make up this three-minute rule out of nowhere. If you control your breathing on purpose. So, right? so breathing is generally an involuntary action. It happens all day, whether you're thinking about it or not. When you make it a voluntary action on purpose for three minutes of time, you activate your vagus nerve, you create a polyvagal response, and your body enters parasympathetic nervous Function which allows you to start to regenerate one of the most important things when you're burnt out is allowing your brain to regrow Your brain regrows when your nervous system is feeding it information that says it's okay. We're safe Right. so if you're anxious all the time and you're hyper aware all the time and you're having panic attacks Your brain is getting constant information that says you're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe You're not safe. You're not safe. It can't grow under those circumstances. That's not how it works so I I want everybody to just really let this sink in for a second. You only need three minutes a day to start. You will likely lengthen that over time because it feels good and you're going to like it, but to start, you only need three minutes and you should, in my opinion, only use three minutes because when you try and push it beyond that, You start losing the effect because it's too much for your body to do right now. How do you break, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Your meditation is also one bite at a time. Start with three minutes. Start with three breaths, if that's all you can do. I'm cool with that. Exactly.
1: That's what I was going to say. Even if you don't have three minutes, if you think that's too much, one simple exercise which just helped me is count your breaths. Yeah. Just do five or 10 deep breaths, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's it. that would take less than three minutes. Mm -hmm. And you will be surprised of how the strategy works in different phases of your life. Mm -hmm. For example, I speak in front of thousands of people. I do speaking for a living. And before I give a big speech, I literally Mm -hmm. do five deep breaths to bring me back to center. Mm -hmm. And then I know it's game time once I finish my five deep breaths. When he continues to keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that, it becomes part of who you are and then your body starts responding saying, okay, now I have my five deep breaths. Let's go. Let's get yeah. this shit done. Right. So it, it's again, practice and uh, power of routines, power of practice. And uh, as, and when you keep doing it, you'll start seeing the difference. I think the problem, including me, as well, because I myself, am a work in progress. I know I talk about all these strategies, but of course we always have slip up because we are human, because it's a freaking pandemic around us, right? <laughs> but one thing I want to mention here right now is we have to believe in the power of delayed gratification. Mm. As humans, we are animals. We always want results immediately. Weight loss programs. I'm going to start January 1st and January 10th. I want to lose 50 pounds, <laughs> right? And I, I have this big uh, job. I want this job right now. I want to increase my salary from fifty thousand to one hundred fifty thousand in one month. We know that's not practical, but our mind, you know, keeps saying all these things. But you have to step back and see what is actually realistic. It is the work you put in which is going to take you to that particular destination, right? There's always this really uh, famous saying that it's not, uh, it's not the it's it's the journey, but not right. the destination. But I would say that the destination also counts because if you say, for example, your article gets published in Forbes, of course you're going to be freaking happy for it, but the amount of effort you put in to get an article published on Forbes is going to teach you a lot of things about writing, teach you a lot of things about routines, about planning. So what I tell pe- what I want to say here is for the listeners is believe in the power of delayed gratification. Don't expect results to come immediately, but you just have to be consistent and do the work. And then you're going to start seeing results. There's this great book by Charles Duhigg, uh it's called uh, man drawing a blank right now the it's called the power uh,
0: of habits
1: the power of habits he talks about the 3 Rs right yeah. uh routine reward repeat the 3 Rs and then you have that is so true you you just have to do anything consistently at least for 30 35 days Again, don't count me on the number of days. It depends upon what works for you. But at least if you do something for two weeks, that's when you start getting results and feedback, right? So just be consistent. Don't choose like 15 things to do at once. Pick three things, do it. One doesn't work, leave it. Take another thing from the list, add it to the third list, and then keep doing it. And that's how you build routines. And that's why for me, when I speak right now, uh, yeah, it feels like I'm super rigid with my calendar and stuff, but it came through practice because so many times I've let people block over my meetings, and then I end up suffering at night. I end up being anxious. I end up being panic, panicked. So the choice is yours. Do you want your do you want to make your mental and physical health a priority, or Do you want to just live a life for other people and make them happy, right? So choice is really simple. So it all boils down to what you want to do with it. So just keep that in mind as well.
0: I think that that's the perfect place to wrap up. I think that's really great advice. I love the rules of delayed gratification. And I'm so grateful for your time and your work. And as we wrap up, I want to remind people that you just released a book like just released a book. So we'll talk about that for a couple of minutes before we sign off. Can you remind everybody what the name of the book is, what it's about and where they can buy it?
1: Yeah, um, the book is called Skyrocket Your Career, the no bullshit approach to find your dream job, be successful in it and transform into a Rockstar. I do take career coaching for a living where I coach people specifically in the tech industry to find their dream job and become successful leaders. And in the current times we live in, people are anxious about their job security. A lot there have been a lot of layoffs. People feel stuck in their career, and in April alone, April-May timeframe, thirty million jobs in the U.S. were lost, and it's not getting better because uh, the economy still have to recover. So, I thought, you know what? I coach people and share different strategies to help them. Why not do that on a larger scale? And that's the reason I wrote this book. It's a career advancement book to help people right from the start of finding their job and how to do it, what are the different strategies, until the point where they can exponentially boost their growth by following some of the strategies, which I personally have followed to transform my life from a shy, introverted kid earning a minimum salary into an international keynote speaker, author, and tech career coach running a six-figure business. And the kicker here is, I am an average guy. If I can do it, so can anyone else. So that's what the book is about. To find more details about the book, just go to my book website. It's called skyrocketyourcareerbook.com. skyrocketyourcareerbook.com, where you're going to find the story of the book. I'm giving away a free chapter for people to get a feel for the book as well. And there you can buy the book as well. So yeah, I'm really excited about this book. And um, it hit rank 70 on the bestseller list when I released it last week. So I'm really excited. And it's because of listeners like you who support me and find impact from the book as well. So definitely go check it out.
0: I love that so much. After living through my own book launch this year, I wish every author all the success because it's such it's such a journey to be on and I totally respect all the work that goes into it and, and the excitement that comes when you start getting the reviews in and, and everything else. All right, Fry fans. Thank you for being with us today. I was so grateful. I am so grateful to have had this conversation today. um, Not just for you, but also for myself. It's always good. Just like Raj said, we're, we're all works in progress and we might know a lot of techniques, but we all need to be reminded Sometimes and I got a few hits today that made me think well, maybe there's a little tweaking that needs to be done here, Katie. So I'm really grateful for you and for your time. And I know my fans are as well. Everything that we mentioned, including the books that Raj suggested, will be in the show notes. The link to Raj's book will be in the show notes and his website. And I, you encourage people to contact you on Twitter, right? So you're at Epsilon 11, but that's Epsilon written out and 11 in numbers 1-1, one, one, Epsilon 1-1. One, one. Um, So if you want to continue this conversation on Twitter, where this podcast will also be posted, I think that that would be a good place to do it.
1: Yep. And also, uh, I'm super active on LinkedIn as well. I live on LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to connect with me there, uh, yeah, you can just uh, type my name. I'll show up. I post a lot of uh, content uh, almost on a daily basis. So we can connect there as well. And before we leave, just wanted to acknowledge you, Kate, for um, giving me an opportunity to share my insights into my journey and my experience. I think you've been doing uh, such an impactful work for the community and bringing in a lot of great people who have gone through really similar kind of experiences and inspiring other people through your podcast. So I really want to acknowledge you for you doing this, for you showing up consistently and providing value day in and day out. So I just wanted to mention that. So I really appreciate it.
0: See you guys, you give love, you get love. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. All right, everybody, until next time